Hey, Billy. Hi, Chris. We've been talking a lot about TV shows lately, haven't we? Yes, we have. Um, wouldn't it be a great thing to talk about how things kind of evolved over the decades? TV has evolved. I haven't. You know, and that's kind of interesting because I wonder if we, but here's a more philosophical question. Have you really? Or have, have you not really? Or maybe you have and you just haven't noticed because you're you're just relating to the, uh, I'm not, wait a minute, I'm not Sigmund Freud. Maybe we should just record the podcast. How's that sound? That sounds right to me. Because <laughs> guess what, I was Billy? confused. I'm confused. <laughs> so am I. Hey, Dan. Hey, Chris. Play the music. <laughs> From Rochester, New York, the land of confused people all across the cities, we are Monkey Business, your one-stop shop for everything geeky, and anything can be geeky when you love it enough, starring Tanya Metris, Billy DeTori, Dan Carmen, and I am your host. My name is Chris Frank, now in stunning 1080p. Ooh, you're so clear and well-defined. You know what? It's funny because I, I've actually been noticing. I have my glasses updated recently. I got my new pair, and mm-hmm. um, and so now it's it's great to see the world clearly again. And that will, you know, this will be like a an eighteen month cycle where I will start to adjust and get used to this, and then my eyes will adjust, and then I will need to do a new prescription two years later. So it's it's kind of that that vicious cycle. But you, you can see clearly work to get... now. The rain yeah. is gone. <laughs> there it is. So, <laughs> but um. So yeah, like 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 I was mentioning the Billy, we, we want to talk about TV shows today, um, and how they have evolved from like, you know, Leave It to Beaver to Family Matters to I don't even know what family sitcom, family oriented sitcoms there are these days, and I think that might be a very telling kind of. Are, are there there and are there any? These I, days? I don't know. Well, That's the thing. I, I actually no. I I have a thought about when we'll save this for mm-hmm. a very popular family sitcom that and it, it, it left the, the airwaves a couple years ago, but still probably one of the, the defining sitcoms of the 2000s. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was supposedly a family sitcom, but I tend to disagree. Which one would that be again? Two and a Half Men. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's definitely... Uh... There, yeah, there's it... different kinds of families that are defined in, our, in sitcoms, I think. Right, but then you also have the whole Charlie Sheen being Charlie Sheen. Well, mm-hmm. that plus, I mean, a lot of people thought it was a family sitcom, and I guess I'm already starting this conversation, <laughs> and that like families would watch it, but that show had more dirty jokes per minute than you know, almost anything I can think of. Yeah. And yeah. that's actually a change in television in general, I think. Right. I mean, you would you would not see Two and a Half Men on uh, CBS in the '60s, no, or '70s, no, no. or even '80s. So we'll talk a little bit more about that uh, after the break in the long segment today. And uh, but but before that, how how are you guys doing? How have you been this week? I've been doing okay. Yeah, all things considered. All things considered. Mm. I've been hanging out, you know, not doing much of anything, going going for walks. and. Uh-huh. Now, you know. have not returned to the Record Archive yet. No, I haven't yet. Um, but you've been doing writing for them? Yeah, I, I, I do that, and that's a lot of fun. I, just to give myself a little plug, right. if you go to uh, recordarchive.com, there's a blog section. I write the blog, and mm-hmm. it can be anywhere, depending on how wordy I get. And I tend to get wordy. Uh <laughs> 
<laughs> it can be anywhere from a couple paragraphs to I need a second internet to uh, finish up this thought. And uh, this week's I, I thought was pretty good. I think it, it was a pretty funny column and kind of interesting. And so go to recordarchive.com and click the blog if you get a it's chance. It's the place to go. Yeah. So I do that. <laughs> yeah, I still remember uh, Dick Storms in the uh, big record costume. Mm-hmm. Yep. 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 They stuck. They stuck with us here. They're yeah. used to still talk about him now. Is he still with us? Is he? Yes, he is. Okay, good. Yes, he is. He is definitely a character. Yes, he is. He's a good guy. <laughs> uh, how about you, Daniel San? I'm doing okay. Just working as usual and getting ready for the next stage of uh, stuff happening with my life with uh, radiation on Monday. So. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's that's the big news. If you've been following fc3 at all on our facebook and and uh i don't think it's been on facebook our facebook at all oh, it hasn't, no it hasn't been in, out in our in we our, haven't talked about this at all it's not on my personal facebook but i'm so used to talking about it now that it's just i keep i keep forgetting who knows and who doesn't so i didn't want to like just throw it out blurt there. it out there yeah i yeah, didn't want yeah, to blurt yeah. it out there oh there's tanya yeah, hi tanya hi but we started uh, without you tanya that's okay my tummy's <laughs> off oh so. yeah but yeah you're kind of going through a thing there big man Yep, got a cancer, rectal cancer here, and uh, starting radiation on Monday, so it'll be fun. So by the time this airs, I've been going through it for a couple of days, and well, see you know, what happens. We know we're all here for you. Mm-hmm. So it's every day. Every day, well, every weekday for twenty for five to six weeks, um, wow. and then after that, then after that, they check things again, see how everything's going. If that's mm-hmm. enough, or they need more, and then potentially surgery to get out what's left of it and then recovery after that and possibly more chemo. And so just take it each step at a time and see, you know, where everything is and everything. So, well, as, as, as um, daunting as it sounds, the, the doctors have been positive and most of the, the results you've, you've shared with me at least sounds like, you know, for a, a, you know, a, t- a terrible situation, you you're doing well yeah. with it. You know, there's certain factors that are in your, in your favor here. Yeah, I mean the cancer is lo- is localized to you know the one area there. They had they they checked. They didn't they didn't see it anywhere else. Okay. Um, you know, and they did an MRI, and it, there's sensitive parts down down there in that that another region there that you don't want things around, and they, it didn't right. appear to be in those sensitive areas. Well, that's um, good. Yeah. So I mean, as far as having it, it's not. You know, it's the doctor called, you know, it, it's, you know, it's a perfect situation besides the fact that, you know, I have cancer, but, you know, it's the fact that it's, it's should be, you know, operable and things like that, um, mm-hmm. you know, but um, that's what the, you know, but the chemo is for, you know, so I'm getting radiation and chemo, you know, and the chemo is to help, you know, they're supposed to work, to, they're supposed to work together. So it's more effective, but the chemo has helped to get, you know, look, look for the rest of your body to see, make sure there's no other stray cancer cells roaming around free kind of thing. That's what the chemo is for, but the radiation is targeted to that oh, okay. specific area. Mm-hmm. Um, and they do it slowly because they want your body to be able to, um, you know, as they kill off the cancer cells, kind of rebuild regular cells in its place. So you don't leave like a big gap there kind of thing. So, yeah. So, I mean, it's, as, as far as having it can be, it sounds like it, you know, I'm guessing in okay shape. So only time will tell, of course, but. And is, and is that why you did your last like kind of marathon running yesterday? 
I, I did, yeah. I, I yesterday I ran, you know, full marathon distance. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know how you know it's how it affects everybody is different. How the chemo and the radiation affects everyone is different. Right. You know? So it it could be just I might be a little bit more tired. It could be more. Could be less. Who mm-hmm. knows until it actually happens. So I just wanted mm-hmm. to make sure that I get in that that last time there. Uh-huh. You know, at least you know trying to go that distance, anyways. And you know I'm still going to continue running and everything, but as much as you know but as long as i can so right he will you know, find yeah. his way he will go the distance so you know he might just be able to run around the neighborhood but at least oh i'm sorry i'm so, my takeaway from this i went for like a three or four mile walk yesterday mm-hmm. and my legs were sore from that meanwhile dan with cancer ran like 40 miles. <laughs> only only 26 miles. Only 26. Oh, okay. 26.2. Yeah. Right, I think go, it was yeah. 26.8 or something on your uh... So even yeah. with cancer, Dan is in better shape than me. <laughs> is my takeaway. It was funny. So I was running through the, the park across the street, and I was uh, the, during the last part of my run there, and the I think the high school track was was doing a, a run over there, a race over there. Uh-huh. And I was going through one path, uh, and it ended up being against them, and I almost got run into because these kids were not moving for anybody. Oh, you know, I was wearing a bright orange vest. They almost, I had to jump out of the way of these kids because they were not moving. Wow. But I'm, I'm like, boy. <laughs> okay. They're a little bit better shape than I am, even, even though I just ran 26 miles. But <laughs> <laughs> they're, like, they're like, move for the old guy. Nope, not moving for nope, the old nope, guy. They were, they were not moving for me at all. They were not, they did not budge from their course. But wow. you know, it was it was in the woods, you know, so I round a bend, so not as if you know, I a lot yeah. of visibility coming at a time. But anyway, so that's that's what I've been up to. Nothing much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh. How about you, Tanya? Let's let's see you top that story. Come on, let's go. Come on, come on, come on. I, I can't top that story. Um no, I, I don't even know what the question was. Oh, uh, uh, we're just we're just yeah, right now we're just in the we're in the open week. Um, it was a short week because I had Monday off of last week. Right. So, right. um, this, this, um, having students four days of the week and then them not being here on Wednesdays, it like, it's like a mid week weekend for them mm-hmm. because it's, it seems like we're like, okay, we do Monday and Tuesday or whatever this past week we had Monday off. So I had did a Tuesday with students Wednesday, um, uh, professional development and then office hours. So students were able to jump on zoom if they needed help with stuff. Um, and then I was getting emails with students, um, commenting, um, on the, whatever discussion thread that I had posted for them that they had to do. And then they're back on Thursday, Friday, and then we're back to a weekend. So I'm just like, this is like my new normal. And it's Mm -hmm. just very, very strange. Cause I'm just, like, give us the kids back on Wednesdays. Like, because I am having such a hard time staying awake during the day because I don't have as many kids during the day to keep me focused. Mm-hmm. And I do a lot of teaching from my desk because I need to kind of try to maintain the, the six feet distance. And a lot of them are pretty independent anyway. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, damn, I'm like, I have to get up and move. This is so, this is kind of like killing me in the, the bad sense that I'm not moving as much as I could possibly be. I'm moving more than I was from March to September mm-hmm. when I was working from my basement, but it, it's better to be back and work, but I'm just like, we need the kids back or we need more kids in the building. 
because it's it's it, I, I don't it, get the struggling. Wednesday off kind of thing. I don't I don't get that. I mean, it's... and and for us, they can't clean the buildings on Wednesday because we're still in it. Yeah, so mm-hmm. they can't do a deep clean that day. I I don't I don't get it either. Um, and it seems that even my kid has more work to be done on a Wednesday because he's got certain things that has to get done before his Google meets that start like 20 minutes for every single class starting at like 11 something for the rest of the day. He's got to do like a 20 minute meet for every single one of his classes um, on Wednesday. Uh And it's just, and, and he's got so much work that he's got to try to figure out how to do independently by a certain time anyway. And it, it, he prefers to be back in school. Um, mm-hmm. and like some of it, like I'll get a text message in the middle of the day from Riker on a Monday or a Thursday, or even on a Wednesday, what time can I call you? Because, <laughs> because he's trying to plan it out of what time is mom available for support mm-hmm. when he's doing work. I'm like, well, I've got from nine 40 to 10 20. That's a planning period. And then it used to be 12 to 12 40, but now I have a student for zoom during that time. But I'm like, if I'm like, send me an email. <laughs> I'm like, and he's like, Oh, okay. I could do that. So there's days where my own kid has sent me an email that with a, with a math question or whatever that I could figure it out and kind of explain it to him in an email back. Mm-hmm. So, or I'm just like, or wait for the math stuff until I get home, buddy, because no one else in the house can do it. There's, Tyler could, but between Randy and my mother-in-law, it's like no one else in the house can help him with math. Right. So, but it's because just- the way you do math has changed, right? I keep I, I I don't have kids, so I but I see like the the new math on Facebook sometimes, and, and, and it's. It seems like it'd take longer to do the new math way than just, you know, regular multiplication or. Right. They've gone to a whole new way of it, that the state and the states want the the explanation of how you got there. And it's funny because Sean sent me a TikTok this morning in regards to somebody um, getting the correct answer but didn't show their work. It's an adult and they just went off. They're like, you mean to tell me that if I had showed my work, but got the wrong answer, I'd get more points. And yes, that's actually true for the New York state exams. If you get the wrong answer, but you get an answer based on all the work that you did and all your work is right. You're going to get more points for that question than you would. um, If you just come up with the right answer by on your calculator and didn't do any explanation. Mm-hmm. It's because it's all about the process. Um, and then the, the person goes off. So mean to tell me if I built your house and it was all blah, 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 all whatever, you would, you would still pay me. And he's like, no, I wouldn't pay you because it's wrong. Then give me the points for, for the right answer. So it was just like one of those type things. And I, I always show the students that there's multiple ways to do something because we're in algebra, we're in consumer math, we're, we're doing all that real life stuff. So I'm, I have them put their work down just so I know what numbers that they're using. So I had a student that got the wrong answer because they reversed something or whatever, but his math was correct for the numbers that he used. 
and his process was correct. He just somehow, like, because they were doing um, uh, weekly pay or something. So I think they just didn't necessarily use the right piece rate numbers. So they calculated by on what each person individually did, not the whole group. So, like, okay, so there's the conceptual error. But his calculations were all correct based on the numbers he had. I didn't double penalize him. I penalized him once, but I didn't do it a second time because even New York State says if the um, process and procedure is correct, you can give them credit even if they made like a conceptual error like once. So it's that that type of thing. But I'm I totally have digressed off of the thing. But yes, there is this like new way of teaching. Apparently, things. that was a digression alarm. <laughs> You're showing your work, Tanya. You get extra points for that. Okay. Well, yeah. And I don't know. It's like when they show like the regroupings and the things like that, where you see the, the whole new math where it's 357 times whatever. And you're showing the the 300 times the 50 times the seven, whatever. I'm just picturing that Facebook thing. And then someone else has a doing it the old school way or like, yeah, it, it takes less time. Mm -hmm. So I don't know why people have gone to create that, except for to show students how um, things are grouped together. I don't know. Like there, there's the 300s, there's the 50s, there's the 7s um, to, to show the, the place values of stuff. I don't know. I don't teach the I, elementary I, math. I teach. I'm like, by the time you get to me, you're using a calculator. So let's not get held up on the calculations. At this yeah. point, I'd like to recommend for anyone listening that they check out the old Abbott and Costello routine where they prove that seven times 13 equals 28. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that, Billy. <laughs> and in other news, and we'll jump to break right after this, I have a cat. Yay. Yeah, it is eventually going to be yours and not Juliana's. I'm figuring. Yes. <laughs> I, I was mentioning that you, you have gone to the dark side and then Dan and, and Billy actually said to the fuzzy side. And, ah. uh, and I'm like, yeah, I go, I go, yeah, allegedly it's Juliana's cat, but I have a feeling it's primarily going to be Chris's responsibility. Eventually. Well, no, jo Josh has been good about, you know, getting it, teaching us. Because he's like the cat aficionado, right? So he's been teaching us and, and showing us, and he's been working with her already right off the bat. So it's it's good to have him in the house at the moment. Eventually, she'll teach you, so don't worry. Yeah, yeah. no, no matter what he tries to teach him, yeah, she he tries to teach her. Yeah, uh -huh. remember, dogs have uh, owners, cats have staff. Right. Yeah, I'm I'm familiar with this, the phrase. Yes. Um, and uh, you know. I haven't spent a lot of time with the fuzzball just yet, but I'm sure that uh, as she oh, gets that'll bigger, happen. Yeah, yeah. As, as she gets bigger, she'll start wandering the house more. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have a cat and a dog, and and the vacuum cleaner to prove it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you will. And and she's a fluffy one. She's not a short hair. No, she's 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 a, she's a long haired kitty. She's a fuzzer. Yeah, get her used to a brush quick. Will do. Will do. I have that. Um, I have that grooming mitt that I use on Juno. I'll just use it on. Uh, 
Molly as well. <laughs> like, like Socks loves being brushed. The other cats don't. The short-haired cats don't, but my long-haired cat does. Like she loves being brushed. And I got the steel, the steel comb. Okay, it digs right down deep to get you know the deep fur and stuff, and she she loves that. Okay, good to know. Starts yeah. purring and like I, both uh, Anakin when we had our cats, Anakin loved to be brushed. Yoda, he's like, eh, okay, but yeah. yeah. They'd also know bite if, it. I don't know if we've gotten any purring from Molly just yet, but uh, I know that she's oh, definitely she like. But it was it was funny. I, I was telling you before we started recording. You know, I'm sitting here at my desk and I'm putting around, and um, you know, just doing my thing. And then all of a sudden, there's this little little gray mass just pops up onto my lap. And before I recognize that it's actually the kitten, she's she's climbing up my shirt. She's on my shoulder. She's on the back of the chair. She's, she's like, okay, so <laughs> that's a thing. Making herself at home. Yep. Yeah. Totally. Yep. Kitten, no fear. Gotcha. Okay. Oh yeah. They like being up high, so they're gonna like. She's gonna like you a lot. Oh, oh <laughs> keep her away from the International Space Station. Oh, I know. My gosh, I'm gonna have to do. So- I went to put it in a different spot because she's probably <laughs> if she finds a way up onto my desk, then she can go from the desk to the bookshelf, and then that's that. The space station is gonna make an un- unscheduled reentry. Yeah. <laughs> no, then, thank you for bringing. That. I wouldn't even have thought of that until it yeah. probably happened. Well, so, Dan reminded me about being up high, and then uh-huh. like, yeah, and mm-hmm. I, I was gonna say at Anne's house, she liked the um crack of the um couch where the blankets uh-huh. or whatever, and she would like kind of tuck herself like right into the um edge of the couch and the cushions and things like that, or the chair. So. If you go to sit down, make sure that there's no little fluffy thing like tucked mm. into any of the little cracks and crevices of the couch. Right. So I don't don't lob myself with the couch like I used to is what you're saying. Yes. Yes, because a 250 pound human is not going to be doing well for a one and a half pound cat. No. Yeah. Okay. And with your your pillows and cushions, she'll get. Um, she'll dig right in there. Yeah, she'll be camouflaged. So, okay. Cause she is because she is so little. So. Yeah. You'll have yeah. to do a lot of scanning. So. Well, for now, I'll be able to tell where the cat is because I'll be able to just follow the dog. Yes. Because Juno is so excited to have this little fuzzy, you know, plaything to, to wander around the house with. Um, you know, Juno, she's been great. She's not aggressive towards the kitten, you know, but the kitten is like, you are way too large and way too amped up right now. I'm not totally thrilled with you yet. So it's, there's definitely a very strong imbalance in the, in the relationship, but I'm so happy that June was not keen on, on turning Molly into a chew toy. So that's good. Well, that's, that's good. You and, know, and, and when Athena met Molly at Anne's house, Athena mm-hmm. just wanted to lick her. Just yeah. one. Athena wants to taste everything, but only because Athena loves everything. Mm-hmm. Not that she was going to chew or anything, but it just like, ooh, what do you have? Because it looked like a baby version of uh, Sean's cat Fume. Right. So, but yeah, it's just I can just imagine Juno and and Juno was doing the zoomies through the house the other night. I was oh, like, she she was wired for sound. And just amazing. wait until like she's chasing the cat through the house, and the cat will be able to slide underneath something, like maybe your TV stand, and then Juno mm-hmm. will come up come up short because he'll go. She'll go. Where did the thing go? <laughs> Where did yeah. it go? <laughs> yeah, bonk. Yeah. All right, my friends. Uh, so at this point, it is now time for us to take a quick break, and when we do. We're going to talk about, uh, we're going to have a kind of a basic kind of low-end chat about the evolution of TV shows. 
which we've hinted at a couple of times. We've talked a little bit about this, that, and the other thing. We've we've kind of talked about it in other podcasts, but I want to kind of like just chat about how the usual formulaic TV series of the 50s and 60s has evolved into the usual formulaic series of the 20s, you know, the, the 2000s and whatnot, the 20 teens. Is there a, uh, is there a good way to describe? I mean, we used to have the 50s, the 60s, the 70s. Now we, we're back just calling them the teens. Uh, let's see. Then we, the aughts. Are yeah, we? No, no, no. Is it Remember, the tens? The tens. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, well, but no, we're, we're in the twenties now. We're now, yeah. 20s now we're but 20s. remember, this is the year that we want to forget. Yeah, we're we're back into the roaring twenties, and holy crap, are they roaring at us? Yeah. I want to go to the boring twenties. Yeah, you know, seriously, I'm all about well, that. Well, it but is kind of a combination of the boring twenties. We're stuck in our houses. <laughs> we call it the we call it the tensions. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I have some good news for after the break. Okay, well, Yay. let's go to break so we can get the good news. Seven times 13 is not 28. Yes, it is. Seven times four is 28. Mr. Chandler, seven times 13 is 28. Seven times four is 28. Did you ever go to school, stupid? Yes, sir. And I come out the same way. You claim that seven goes into 28 13 times? That's right. Go ahead, prove it, prove it, prove it. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. All right. There's the board. Well, go ahead, go right, ahead. Mr. Chandler, I'm going to prove it. Go ahead. Now, you've got seven salesmen. That's right. Okay, there's a seven. Where is it? Right there. All right. Now, you got 28 vacuums a week you got to sell. That's right. I'm going to divide. There's your 28 vacuums. Now, wait, are you claiming the seven goes into 28, 13 times? That's right. Show me. Seven into two. Seven will go into two. Certainly not. So, I got to take the two from there and put it down here. Right over there. Put it down there? Yeah, I'm going to use that after a while. That's, that's a cute little two. Yeah. Now, seven to eight? Once. Once. Now, I'm going to carry the seven from here and put it under the eight. Seven from eight? One. One. A minute ago, I didn't use that little two. What are you going to do? i got to use that two now. And I take it from there, and i got to put it right there. Uh -huh. Now, seven to 21? Three dimes. That's correct. Seven to 28, 13. Oh, no, 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 no. Nothing of the kind. What kind of figures are these? Just a minute. It's come out right. We'll multiply this. <laughs> Go ahead. Multiply? Put down 13. Okay. 13. That's right. And seven salesmen, put that down. Seven salesmen. You claim that seven times 13 amounts to what? 28. <laughs> Prove that. Seven times three? Uh, 21. Seven times one? Seven. Seven and one? Eight. And a two. 28. Now, no, wait a minute. How do you figure, boy? You can't. Good. No, 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 you can't. That's do that. right. No, nothing of the kind. And we are back, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, dudes and dudettes. Tanya, what is your um, what is your piece of trivia or your cool thing that you found out? I saw. I don't. I'm, I'm hoping that this is actually like true, true. Mm -hmm. That the movie theaters are opening back up in New York State next week. Yeah, outside of New York City, twenty five percent capacity. And uh, right, and no more than fifty people in the in each in front of each screen. Now, is it saying whether we'll have to actually wear masks while in the room? Yeah, it's masks until you're seated and eating. Masks okay. and whatever. And that they're and eating in the, in the movie theater? Oh, well, popcorn, popcorn and popcorn. Can. Yeah, like as soon as you're seated and, and then if you're eating, you can you can have your mask off. But if you're getting up, moving around or whatever. Um, and it said something about, um, the, of course, assigned seating. Um, I'm just kind of going off the top of my head. And that... Uh, mm -hmm. Um, separation between parties. So, um, mm -hmm. but I'm just like, I was just saying on Friday, I'm like, and I was talking to my mom, I'm like, man, I miss going to the movies. I'm like, I could go to Erie, Pennsylvania, like a three hour trip to go to the movies. But I'm like, yeah, no. I don't know if but, I'm ready yet. I'm are, not. Are, 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 yeah. are the, the big, the, 
are we ready to bring back the big movies to the screen? Because they're not going to get the capacity in the the right, and the and they're and they're still postponed until like now twenty twenty one. Yeah, yeah. So what movies are they going to bring into the theaters? I, I'm not sure, but I know maybe ones that were supposed to be out earlier this year and you know or failed or, or you know, like maybe. Tenet, for instance. Actually, you know, they tried the... and it didn't quite work out, so maybe they'll try to bring some of these things back. I, I clicked right. a link earlier this week, maybe last week. Uh, either Regal or AMC or both uh, are doing a thing where you can rent a whole theater for $99. Hmm. Oh, and wow. I went to the website and looked, and they have a list of about 40 movies you can choose from. It's like 99 bucks and it's Hocus Pocus was one of the movies, strangely <laughs> enough. So it was this week. I clicked it because I thought it was funny that Hocus Pocus was one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, a bunch of movies from the last 20 years or so, maybe a little bit older than that. A bunch of classics. And I wonder if I can find it quick, but it's it. I, it's probably those type of movies, the types that they've been showing at drive-ins. You know, your Back to the Futures and Goonies and you know, uh, yeah, Pretty Woman and stuff like that. That'd be kind of neat to get the whole theater for a hundred bucks. And you know, if you got you know your family or, or people that you have been close with already, and you can just you know all go see it together type of thing. Because mm-hmm. for a hundred bucks, I don't think a, a family can go to a movie. Now you can have the whole theater. Yeah, that's hey. You know, they have to try whatever they can these days, right? Yeah. They try to keep whatever business they can. And shooting, assuming it doesn't include concessions. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that's a little bit extra. Yeah. Let me rent real movie theater. Private screening. And then it says, in addition to the Rockland and Orange counties, there are um, Allegheny, Broome, Cataragus, Chautauqua, Chemung, Cortland, Green, Schuyler, Steuben, and Tioga are also not allowed to open yet. Hmm. Yeah, it's it's yeah. Regal and, uh, and AMC. AMC, or Cinemark and AMC. Cinemark. Yeah, can, you can offer theater rentals for $99. And I don't know if I'm ready to do that just yet. It, yeah. And it depends. Like I said, it depends. I want to see Wonder Woman though. Is, is <laughs> yeah. wasn't um that pushed out? Yeah, it's like next year sometime now. Yeah. Let me see. We've been safe and clean. Make an AMC auditorium all yours. Well, let me go on my Cinemark app now. Yeah. And, uh... I want to. See if I can find the list of movies. Dan, here we are wasting the movie. in Tangentville. Yeah. Yes. Okay. okay. The, the movie Looking Two Hearts. My the lost shaker of salt. The salt. Conjuring. Where's the salt. F in salt? Salt. <laughs> the Conjuring. The Conjuring Two. Hocus Pocus. How to Train Your Dragon. Jumanji: The Next Level. Jurassic Park. Monsters Inc. The New Mutants. Nightmare Before Christmas. Shrek. Sonic the Hedgehog, Tenant, and a few others are listening. And tell here. them you heard it here first on yeah. FC3 Monkey Business. <laughs> For absolutely no discount. <laughs> That's right. And we get no credit at yeah. all. So, you know, <laughs> Keyword. Private, game, yeah. private yeah. gaming party also. Yeah. Host a big screen video game party for up to 20 guests. Play mm-hmm. on the ultimate larger than life gaming screen mm-hmm. with fast internet speeds, enormous movie quality images. Ninety-nine bucks for two hours of play. Ninety-nine dollars at amctheaters.com keyword monkey, and it'll still be ninety-nine dollars. 
Oh boy. Well, he's not wrong. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's right. Oh. Uh, yeah. All right. What are we talking about here? TV shows? Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, like here's here's let's do the jarring juxtaposition. You know, let's you have Leave It to Beaver is the quintessential family. You know, we'll say sitcom for the most part because of the quote unquote hijinks that, that, that you know, and that was the 50s and 60s, right? So that's that's what everybody happy thinks days. about. Yeah, happy days, you know, mm-hmm. in, the, you have in the 70s. You know, that's the family comedy. Um, and then, you know, in the 80s and 90s, you had this jarring watershed of how the tenor has changed with married with children. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And, and then, you know, but it was still a family, though. But it was still, you know, a, a lot. I mean, what do those things have in common for a lot of them? It's, you know, mm-hmm. mother, father, and, you know, a couple kids or, or mm-hmm. more. Mm-hmm. I think The Simpsons. The Simpsons, yeah. Oh, God, The Simpsons, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. They've been around forever. Yep. <laughs> and uh, and now it's it's moved on to, to what we see now in the aforementioned noughties and, and teens of the new, the new century. <laughs> The naughties. So, um, what are the current sitcoms? Because I don't, I tend not to watch regular great TV. Question. I know, like Big Bang Theory just ended, and Young Sheldon mm-hmm. is on. Mm-hmm. Um, but that might be the only sitcom I can really name. Is I Young Sheldon your basically your Leave It to Beaver of, of the the twenty teens? You know. Well, I like I I just finished binge watch. Well, not just finished, but we binge watched Brooklyn Nine Nine. That's not a family sitcom, but it's a sitcom. So it's, it's your, it's your, that's the, your workplace procedural. sitcom. Yeah. That's was the workplace procedural. sitcom. Yeah, exactly. Like the office before it. Yeah. And then, but you, since it's revolving around police, you can also trace it all the way back to like the Andy Griffith show. Yeah. And Barney you know? Miller in the set. Barney Miller. Yeah, absolutely. Barney Miller. Oh my God. Absolutely. Barney Miller. Um, and now I can hear that baseline in my head. Of 2020. Let's see. Uh-huh. Where is it? Now, Let's one see. thing that Brooklyn has changed 99. with TV in general, I think, and this gets brought up every once in a while, I miss theme songs. You used mm-hmm. to be able to sing the theme song to the most popular TV shows mm-hmm. or how yep. there was instrumentals that were hits. Nowadays, mm-hmm. Big Bang Theory might be one of the few sitcoms with a theme song, and I know that one because it's Bare Naked Ladies. Right. Yeah, Ed Ed recently brought Bare Naked Ladies out onto TikTok, right? So he's been doing little t- little tales about stuff. Mm-hmm. And in one of his first ones, he was talking about how he came to actually write the theme song to Big Bang Theory. Um, he didn't think anybody was taking him seriously. He he'd actually suggested it that he could do it, uh, but then you know he didn't hear anything else. If I'm getting the story right at this point, he didn't hear anything else. So he just kind of like went about his business and then they called him up and they're like, yeah. Um, so we just want to see how you're doing on the theme song. He's like, Oh wait, that's a thing. And he wrote it in like 20 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> so. And you know, it's like 30 seconds on the show and there's about a 90 second, to two minute version. That's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, but I mean, think back in the seventies used to be able to sing the happy days theme song and the Laverne and Shirley theme song. And, you, know, you mentioned Barney Miller. That baseline is in my head now. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> That's a great. They, they stuck with you. It was, a, it was a big part of the show. Mm-hmm. Right. Because we'll it was to... also, in a lot of cases, the origin story. They could explain the premise of the show in about a minute. And that's what the show is about. And then anybody could start yeah. watching the show knowing what was yeah. going on, essentially. Mm-hmm. Because there were no, there was really no such thing mm-hmm. as a story arc. Yeah. That, right. that was it because a lot of times 
I guess they didn't make the show for syndication, but they knew that reruns were a possibility. So they wanted the audience mm-hmm. to be able to jump into any random episode at, you know, 1130 on a Wednesday morning, you know, while it was being rerun. Right. Right, right, right. Which is when I, you know, used to see all your old, you know, the reruns of MASH or Three's Company or or whatever used to be. Different Strokes, which is another great theme song. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the world don't move to the beat, mm-hmm. just one job. <laughs> it might be right for you, might not be right for some. What you talking about, Billy? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. A man is born, he's a man of means. Then along <laughs> come two. They got nothing but their genes. They got, they got different, different strokes. strokes. Oh, my God. <laughs> I haven't heard that song in so long, but I know all the words. But there's know? the theme. There's your origin story. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, or or there was nothing really, you know, telling. There was some, like, or, you know, the, the shows that had no lyrics to the songs, mm-hmm. but they had that distinctive, like Sanford and Son. Sanford and Son. You, you you hear exactly as soon as you hear it, you know you know what you're watching. Yep. You know the gentle the gentle opening to Mash. Uh huh. So that's kind of a thing that really doesn't exist anymore, does it? Is it the the theme song? Not as much. Like I said, Big Bang Theory is the only one I can really think of. Mm-hmm. I mean, The Office had a, a theme song. Mm-hmm. A lot of shows just kind of jump right into the action these days. Yeah. Or oh, they just have a go- like I'm watching Shit's Creek right now, and they just have you know they, go, they show the title and there's just a few notes of something which you recognize, but yeah. it's just mm-hmm. you know like five seconds of music type of thing. Mm-hmm. So it's not really a theme song; it's just sort of theme notes. And Shit's mm-hmm. Creek is a funny show. Oh my gosh, I, I'm on season five now. Okay. It's, yeah. It's, what yeah, service it's, is that on? It's on Netflix. Okay. Because I've heard about it, but I've never watched it. It won I, I, it, 11 Emmys this year. It like swept all its categories this year. The, the, the characters are just, it, it's its just fun. I mean, it's yeah. It took me a while. I, I've heard about it for a while. And I said, okay, let me try watching it. And then I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm hooked. Yeah, it, it well, takes it's... a few episodes to sort of get the rhythm and mm-hmm. the characters yep. and to let them grow a little bit and let them grow on you. Mm-hmm. It's it's Eugene Le- Levy and Catherine McCormick, and son, Catherine O'Hara, Catherine yes. O'Hara, Catherine O'Hara, and and his son Eugene Levy and his son is doing Daniel, yes Daniel Levy. Okay. Daniel Levy created it and he's brilliant in it. Oh my gosh, they're all just it's just uh, unique, fun characters. Mm-hmm. Well, they all come from the, the they're all from the Second City, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, and SCTV uh, and Chris Elliott yeah. from you know, the Letterman Jeez, yeah. family. <laughs> okay. Hmm. So there's some good uh, there's some good genes in that. Mm-hmm. Um, there are very good genes, yeah. When when Tanya suggested the topic and the first the first thing that popped into my mind when I was thinking about it was just the difference between the then and the now. And you know, and then you know, if you're thinking about TV like during Eisenhower and Kennedy, you know, a lot of the TV was very not so fantastical, but a very very strong ideal. Right. Like here's here's your golden age and we're going to do the leave it to beaver. We're going to do, you know, gun smoke and we're going to do the rifleman. And this here's our ideals of, of what we thought 
you know these particular arrows should look like you know and, and here's here's everything nice and neat here's the perfect thing the hijinks are not too dramatic you know the stuff that beaver gets you know the trouble the beaver gets himself into is nothing compared to what bart simpson does these days right so hmm. you know you have this this kind of simple gentle elegance and that has transformed over the decades into we we want to steer away from from that fantastical and that ideal and we want to look at the ridiculous we want to look at the real we want to look at the grit you know dragnet was you know very stoic and serious but the bad guy was always caught and people you know and the good guys were always good the there good guys were always good. There exactly. wasn't an ambiguity like in like the shield or the wire. Chicago PD. Yeah. You know, and now but now we we look for that. Everything has to have that edge and that that grit and that you can't trust anything because that's a reflection of our society in in its own way. I mean, look at you know, you have the reflection of the society that they wanted back then and the reflection of the society that we have now. And I think that's probably the overall the, the backbone of, of, of my angle of this discussion for this afternoon. And one other thing, and you mentioned it before is the story arcs. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, if you compare, like I, I was watching the Batman 66 yesterday mm-hmm. and at no point is there an origin story for the Joker or really any reference to how Batman and Robin know the Joker, the penguin or Catwoman, Catwoman. And even like in an, a season two episode, they don't reference something from season one. It's just, every episode is its own individual self-contained story. And even like in Star Trek, the original series, they didn't, I don't think in general reference any previous episode where now even starting with Star Trek, the next generation, there were sort of continuing story arcs and Mm -hmm. references to past episodes. Whereas back in the fifties and sixties and even seventies, there wasn't (laughs) no, every single story was self-contained. Yeah. And there was never any callback to something that happened before. Yeah. Which was always weird to me because if there was a a particular episode that had some sort of serious consequence to one of the Mm -hmm. stars like if one of the action things they got shot or one of the act you know they got you know some sort of an injury Mm -hmm. but then the next week they were up and around they were Mm -hmm. fine no reference to ever being wounded never having any issues you had this massive argument amidst the family oh but they all worked it out and that's fine they never refer to it ever again that it's in but it the key to that is what you were saying earlier about syndication you know, the writers and the producers and the people who made the money and crafted these shows and gave them the green light understood that, you know, there was going to be a certain um, shuffle, you know, like mm-hmm. episodes one, two, three in syndication will be aired three, one, two or, or two, two, one sometimes, you know, stuff like that. So having those story arcs was a bit of a challenge. It's you can see how like like, for instance, with Sci Fi Channel. Um, they have, they struggle sometimes because I know they want to show these shows in the proper order, but sometimes they just don't. And it makes it very confusing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, the story arc is a thing that is it's people look for it. Now they want it. It's more important to them now. Um, you know, Dr. Who fans have understood the value of the story arc. I mean, yes, there has always been the, 
the planet and time frame of the week, but there's always been something lacing underneath, even from the, the, the beginning of the rebirth with mm-hmm. Christopher Eccleston. There is some sort of an arc. Even when Stephen Moffat said, no, 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 there will be no major arc this year. Uh, there was, you know, he was lying through his teeth. <laughs> so, and But we look for that. Um, Star Trek Discovery uh, has, has been very, in my opinion, very successful with that. I mean, there's a lot of people who speak out against Discovery, but uh, they're, in my opinion, wrong. And that's fine, um, because I'm right. Anyway, um, but you see these arcs, and they tie the whole thing together. Mm. So is is having episodic better? Is it worse? Is Do we need an arc now? Is it, is it just I, we were so used I, to it? I think, and back to sitcoms, I just thought of maybe my favorite sitcom of the last, God, I don't even know how long, but The Good Place. Over the course of four years, it tells basically one story, mm-hmm. and I I wouldn't want it any other way. But I'm glad. But I had you have to see every episode. I can't tell someone uh, just start in season mm-hmm. two, episode four, or whatever. No, I want you to watch from the beginning mm-hmm. <laughs> to see this whole arc. The no, the whole four year journey of these characters. Whereas, you know, back in the days of happy days, okay, there's big brother Chuck and maybe he wasn't, he was only in five episodes, but that was Mm -hmm. like the biggest controversy of that show is where Chuck go. And if you missed the first season, you never saw Richie's brother Chuck again. Yeah. (laughs) I'd forgotten about that. Yeah. I forgot about that. No, the That's... good place is is probably my favorite show of the last bunch of years, and mm-hmm. to see the evolution of those characters mm-hmm. is really important. That's me. a thing. That's a that's another point to you, the mm-hmm. evolution of the personalities of the characters themselves. Because do you really ever see that in the older shows? Do you do, you, or is it just that the actor is getting so used to playing that particular person that the the, the the performance changes subtly, but it's not really an actual evolution of the personality of the character being played. I mean, Wally and Beaver never really changed. No, over the course. I mean, they grew older. Uh huh. You no, know, Beaver got less cute. <laughs> but <laughs> awkward the, teenage the, years. Yeah, but their sort of character, it, it, and they never sort of changed. They were always the same. Hmm. Hmm. I really, I just, I, I've mentioned him in the past, but there, you know, Dan and I have a fellow alumni, Herbie Pilato, who's written, written books and he's been involved in the industry over mm-hmm. the years. Um, I, I was going to reach out to him recently, but then he had a series of Facebook posts where he was, he was definitely very perturbed at how cer- certain things have been handled. And I'm like, oh, I, oh, okay. I don't want to insult him by like trying to argue with him at the moment because everybody's so st- we're so stressed out about arguing about things lately, right? I, I follow him on Facebook, and he is one of the most positive human beings. Yeah, so when he gets cranky about yeah. something, it's like, yeah. okay, I'm just going to back up now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, it's um, I, I did meet Herbie in person on a couple mm-hmm. of occasions at, at various Aquinas events when he would be in town for them. Uh, and you're right, he's a, he is a hell of a guy. Absolutely but, hell of a guy. You know, he's written books about what, the Bewitched and the Mary Tyler mm-hmm. Moore show, classic shows. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and so I think it'd be interesting to see what he has to say about 
television these days, and I know that it's not a a hundred percent positive opinion, you know, on the evolution of things. And then that's where I worry because I don't, you know, I know that I actually like a lot of what's out there right now. I prefer what's out there to to the classics. And, And that I think what makes some of our movie discussions so great is that Billy, you've got a great love for the classics mm-hmm. as well. I mean, when mm-hmm. we did our whole Halloween week last year with the mm-hmm. with the classics with Frankenstein, Wolfman, Dracula, you had this wonderful, uplifting opinion of these movies and how how fun they were and how interesting they were. And I kind of picked them apart, you know. So it's like because well, it's it, like this and that. You know? And it's fine. Last night, uh, mm-hmm. as we record this on Sunday, last night I, I watched a baseball game, and after that was over, Susan went up to bed, and I was still I still wanted to watch some TV. And mm-hmm. wound up watching the old Wolfman movie with Lon Chaney because that's just what I felt like watching. And it right. just felt right to me. And so right. I do still have a love for those movies. And, you know, they're not, they can be a little slow or, or whatever. But also, they, they're they slow, but also much better paced because they're under 90 minutes long in general. Mm-hmm. You know, that that's another thing. Nowadays, I maybe because of how much you pay to go to a movie, you know, you feel like you have to go for at least two hours. Yeah, fair. You know, but I I like a, a quick 90-minute movie. You figure the, the Marx Brothers Duck Soup is like 70 minutes long. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's a classic. So and sometimes you just need a quick blast of fun. That's true. You know, that's, that is a valid point. And I don't know. I, I guess I just, I keep circling back to the observation I made at the top of the, the, op, you know, of the discussion, you know, how our culture has changed and our TV changed with it. Um, have, have these shows always supposed to be a reflection of what we are or what we want? Some of both. Okay. I, mean, I I think it's yeah. Like I said, we've we've evolved. Our, you know, mm-hmm. people's sense of humor's changed. The entertainment changed. What does the cultural norms have changed? Mm-hmm. Um, well, what's acceptable? What's not acceptable has changed. And and I was just looking. I'm like because I was looking at how TV shows have changed over the past. And it used to be where we had to be in front of the TV at Friday night at. 7.59 for the 8 o'clock show because otherwise we would miss it. True. And, and, you know, and now nowadays, most of the time with on-demand or Netflix or even the streaming services or even the internet, we can mm. pretty much find everything and anything unless you are a little exhausted and tired and things like that and you click something that you're not supposed to click. Oh, I see where this is going. <laughs> somebody's about to get somebody's about to get thrown under that bus and that somebody is me. <laughs> no, but it was like it's all out there. No matter what somebody wants, it's mm-hmm. it's readily hopefully readily accessible. Um, mm-hmm. unless you're particularly looking for something and and you just can't find it. But, and that but changes you're... how we consume stuff too. I mean that and that's mm-hmm. we've we've talked about streaming services and we've talked about availability and, and the, the dynamic how it's starting to evolve from you know having to be in front of the TV at eight o'clock to see your favorite show to oh, you know, I've got an hour. Let me go ahead and check this latest episode of, of such and such. Mm-hmm. But you're right now I don't even wait for no, but I, I wait for whole seasons rather than just 
start watching a show uh, at eight o'clock on a Tuesday night and then have to right. wait another week. Another week. I'll, I'll wait a whole season so I can watch the whole thing. You know, right. at like my, Star Trek at my Discovery, which I meant, yeah, like Star Trek Discovery, I mentioned mm-hmm. earlier, CBS All Access puts out one episode a week, mm-hmm. which is great. It gives you that, that, that's something to look forward to. It gives them justification for keeping your subscription. There's a whole lot of business acumen to it. I understand that. But using Billy's point, I would almost be inclined to wait 10, 11, 12 weeks for how, how long that, that series is going to be. And then I can binge the whole damn thing in a weekend. And that's what I did with The Boys Season 2. I waited for all eight episodes to be there. That and ending was wild. Yes, it was. Oh, mm-hmm. my, oh my word. <laughs> I was like, what is going on here? That's a crazy show. I can honestly say I haven't seen a single episode of it. Oh, it, it is. It's dark and and fun. Oh my God. <laughs> it really is interesting. Oh my gosh, you never know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it, it has the best of both worlds in regards to the you can with the streaming service. You can wait until um, the whole series drops, right? Or you could do weekly type things because maybe you've only got an hour to watch a TV show or whatever that you can't binge it over. Mm-hmm a weekend, that type of thing. You don't necessarily. So it's kind of like designed to meet both sides of the, the spectrum in regards to this. I think there's a point there to be had. There's definitely you can a point. consume it however you want to consume it. That's yeah. Nice. You have a choice. It's a choice of a new generation. Ooh. Wait, wasn't that a Pepsi commercial? <laughs> that was, yes, a long time ago. Okay. All right, so Tanya, you, you you did it. You grabbed my my shirt collar and you threw me under the bus. So you got you get to tell the story, and then I'll tell you how you got it wrong. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> now you're also coming from somebody that doesn't under d- doesn't necessarily know all the movies and things like that. So, um, in a future podcast, we're going to be talking about uh all the variety of Mel Brooks movies yes. and, and all the ones that Tanya has not seen. Um, Cause we talked about that. They're like, how have you missed this? Oh, whatever. I can't believe that you haven't seen this. Oh, it's great. Blah, 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 blah. All that type of stuff. So I threw it out there the other night to Chris. I'm like, okay, so when are we going to start the Tanya hasn't seen these movies and we've got to educate her on them. Um, so we decided Friday night it was going to be Mel Brooks movies. Okay. Yes. And so he's like, what about this? What about this? What about this? And I'm like, well. The damn thing is, this woman has seen more Mel Brooks movies than she's realized. Because I, I don't know. She goes, I go, Spaceballs. Oh, I've seen that one. Okay, Robin Hood, Men in Tights. Oh, I've seen that one. Okay, Young Frankenstein. Oh, I've seen that one. Mm. I'm like, what? Right? So I'm going. And now here's the, here's the, the, the crime that I'm finding out is that there are very few Mel Brooks movies on streaming <laughs> services. This is bothering me right now. Because we checked Netflix, you. Hulu, Amazon Prime. We checked we all three. We, we went like all three. HBO Max. I think we checked that one out too. And there are very few uh, Mel Brooks movies out there right now that are on the streaming services. And, and they if there are, they all have the same one. And here I am. It's Friday night. I'm getting frustrated by the fact that I'm not seeing what I'm looking for. <laughs> I, it's been a long week. It was a crazy week because I'm, I'm starting to transition at work to do various different things. And, and I'm, my, my job duties expanded for a little while. And now they're starting to go back to normal. So I'm a little frazzled. And, and my brain latches on to, oh, there's History of the World Part 1. No, it was Monty Python's Meaning of Life. 
<laughs> now, I don't if, know if, how I became so dyslexic when it came to titles, but I was convinced in my brain that that was History of the World Part 1. And, and, and to my defense, I really thought that that was one of the Mel Brooks movies in the, the okay, Mel Brooks, Monty Python, they might have combined at one time. Uh-huh. And in the opening sequence, there's this little vignette at the beginning of Meaning of Life, and it really felt like a Mel Brooks movie, right, with the way that it was being approached. Was that the thing and, with the building? Yes, the, the building okay. being taken over as a pirate ship. And um, <laughs> and then, you, then all of a sudden, I see a couple of Monty Python folks in the scene, and I'm like, oh, that'd be so cool if Mel Brooks, because they have a very similar sense of twisted sense of humor. Yeah. So yeah, I, I could see them working together. And then, is it, then all of a sudden, the meaning of life, I'm like, I'm in the wrong movie. How did I do that? And I felt so terrible about it. And, and of course, Tanya, in her effort to comfort me, was elbowing me to no end. It was she was being just she indulged in the fact that I had gotten her to to watch the wrong movie. She was just enjoying it immensely. And I'm like, okay, fine, I'm just going to watch the movie. because it's been, de- <laughs> <laughs> it's been that's determined. where he's wrong. That's where he's wrong. I did not enjoy it immensely. No, no, I I was like, I I'm just going to sit here and enjoy the damn movie because yes. I, know I I will. I know, and, and and it goes back to the thing. I don't understand the humor, and so therefore, it's not funny to me. And it felt ta- I'm like, I'm, there were scenes I'm laughing my ass off, and she's just sitting there. I'm like, oh crap. <laughs> and, and, and but then you go, it goes to show it kind of plays into what would fly or not fly in today's standards, right? Right, right. How much of that Fair. Monty Python skits would be able to be on today's regular tv oh god no 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 it would it would, oh. well it would be it would be on one of the cable channels in the and the watershed after like 10 o'clock or so but you can't yeah. even guarantee the kids are going to be in bed at that point exactly back to mel brooks you couldn't i don't think you could put blazing saddles in a theater nowadays you can only do it because it would be like a 20th or 30th anniversary of the, the release of the movie. You know, I, I'm it's been saying 30 like, years, and, yeah. but that's the only way you'd be able to get it into a modern day theater because you have people who have a basis of understanding and, and, and know what's going on. But if he, if he made that movie like last year and put it, try to put it out as a new release this year, it wouldn't know. And I can honestly would, tell you that's one I haven't made, seen. Yeah. yeah. I haven't seen, seen No, I, that's one I haven't seen. Okay. Have to, I'm, do I have? No. My, we my know bro- that one is yeah. actually on the streaming services. Okay. Is it? Yes. I'm kind of surprised, to be honest with you. Because huh. that was one that did come up on the the screen was Blazing Saddles. I you know, should have watched that one. Yeah. <laughs> he was looking for the history of the world history. part one. He was on a mission. Which is, a very, which is very funny. I, I'm sorry, because be the king. when I saw a Blazing Saddles, I could have sworn you said you had seen that one. No, nope, I haven't seen that one. That's why I went looking for something That's else, okay. because I thought you had already Mm-mm. said that you were. It's, I said, I haven't I said, I've seen, they're like, how about this? I'm like, I've seen that one. I've seen, mm-hmm. I said this one, I go, I haven't seen Blazing Saddles. And it probably just translated to, I've seen that. Okay. So. He, he did a couple pretty good homages to other styles of movies, like Silent Movie. I, have you guys seen, seen Silent Movie? Yet? I remember. Mm-hmm. I remember yeah. Silent Movie. I remember the whole the sequence with Paul Newman. Yeah, that's a really and... funny movie. But I wonder if you have to be a fan of Chaplin and Buster Keaton and right. you know, the silent right, right, comedians right. to enjoy that. And then High Anxiety, which is a parody of Alfred Hitchcock movies. 
mm-hmm. is really, really funny. Mm-hmm. Well, we will definitely get our, our, our Mel Brooks movie festival going and, mm-hmm. and so yeah, that we so. can have a podcast talking about it. And I promise that I will make sure to pay attention that it's not a Monty Python. To give Chris credit, while we were watching the movie the other night, it, all of a sudden he got to a part and his hand went flying in front of my eyes because I don't know what's coming. I don't know, like, whatever. And it came flying in front of my eyes, and I'm just like, what? And he's like, nope, just don't move, whatever. And when I was telling Randy about it, he said, oh, was it this part? I'm like, no. I go, it was the restaurant part. He goes, oh, bring me a bucket, Gaston. Bring me a bucket. I'm like, he knew. And I'm just, I go, because had I seen, I'm like, I was hearing bits and pieces of it, but had I seen it, Chris's living room floor probably would have had to be cleaned up too. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I am thankful in regards to that because I am not good at messy stuff in regards mm-hmm. to that. So no, not doing it. You know, one thing we should maybe do when we get around to Mel Brooks movies is do uh not a book book club where we compare and contrast the two versions of the producers. The oh, original right. with uh right. Zero Mustel and Gene Wilder, and then uh, Matthew Broderick and Nathan Lane. Right. Yeah. That would be a great one. Oh, I like that idea because those were good movies. Mm-hmm. And I can honestly say I haven't seen either of them. And I thought on Broadway too. Oh, Very cool. cool. <laughs> With Matthew Broderick and Nathan Lane. Nice. Wow. <laughs> that was. I saw that show. That was the the one show. That's that's when. When that show came out, that's when ticket prices on Broadway went over, went over the hundred dollars for the first time. Wow! I bought my ticket at ninety six dollars, and like the day after, because I bought it like the day before the show opened. The day after, the, the price the prices went over a hundred dollars. So, so there's a little Broadway history for you. So that was the nice. Michael Jackson victory tour of Broadway, yeah. or the Eagles Hell Freezes Over of Broadway. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, yeah, because that was that's the one I, I remember that because that was like. But after that, prices have skyrocketed mm-hmm. since then. So if, if Broadway ever reopens, so yeah, well, not till next June at least. Yeah, every everything will reopen eventually, but we just have to be eventually. you know it all has to make sense. That's the thing. It has mm-hmm. to make sense. It has to be safe. That's a thing. Yeah. So, but everything will come back. There was so, there was so we, there's always theater. There's always art. Yeah. So, do we ever talk about TV shows today? Yeah, I forget. We did. <laughs> right <in the> <laughs> We did talk about we we touched on the topic. I think we made some some valid and salient points. Um, and as always, our, our our listeners are always encouraged to uh, to to jump in on the conversation. You know, send us a text, send us a tweet, send us a whatever, and uh, and we can talk a little bit more about uh, some random things after the break. I would have been out here a little bit sooner, but they gave me uh, the wrong dressing room, and I couldn't find any place to put my stuff. And I don't know how you are, but I need a place to put my stuff. So that's what I've been doing back there, just trying to find a place for my stuff. You know how important that is. That's the whole, that's the whole meaning of life, isn't it? Trying to find a place for your stuff. That's all your house is. Your house is just a place for your stuff. If you didn't have so much goddamn stuff, you wouldn't need a house. You could just walk around all the time. That's all your house is. It's a pile of stuff with a cover on it. You see that when you take off in an airplane and you look down and you see everybody's got a little pile of stuff. Everybody's got their own pile of stuff. And when you leave your stuff, you gotta lock it up. Wouldn't want somebody to come by and take some of your stuff. They always take the good stuff. 
They don't bother with that crap you're saving. Ain't nobody interested in your fourth grade arithmetic papers. They're looking for the good stuff. That's all your house is. It's a place to keep your stuff while you go out and get more stuff. Now, sometimes, sometimes you've got to move. You've got to get a bigger house. Why? Too much stuff. You've got to move all your stuff. And maybe put some of your stuff in storage. Imagine that. There's a whole industry based on keeping an eye on your stuff. And we are back, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, dudes and dudettes, and all friendly points in between. I hope you guys are having a great week so far, having some fun listening to us being idiots, as usual. And now it's time for Dan's question of the week. I should put some reverb on that. Week, 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 Question of the week. Dan, question of the week. Yeah, what's your list? You've got the list. So it just might as well make it, you know, make it official. It's your list. So. Okay. All right, let's have it. Uh, who needs to pick a number? Susan picked the number last week. I can't remember who did it before that. So Tanya, go ahead. Pick a number between one and three hundred and eighty-one. Two hundred ninety-nine. Ooh, high number. Let's see. I was going to go three eighty-one, but man. yeah. <laughs> 299. What are some fun ways to answer everyday questions like, how's it going, or what do you do? <laughs> what are fun ways to answer everyday questions? Like, like how's it going, <laughs> or what do you do? Well, George Carlin had a little routine about that once, I remember. And, and it's like, he goes, I like to throw people off, change things up. How are you doing today? I'm moderately neato. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, let's. What's that, Susan? Uh, no, that, oh, yeah. What was that? I heard a voice too. I think it was yeah. Susan. No, Susan's not, not here. Uh, well, it's on your end. It sounded like Susan. It's a Ooh, ghost in the machine. She's haunting you. I don't know. <laughs> he's, always, he's always with you. Um. No, like oh, some, some, like if the um students or whatever if someone says oh what's up um Damn, opposite we'll say, down. Up. the opposite of down. <laughs> or i'll say the sky the clouds the whatever the sun and they're like uh -huh. they roll their eyes at me type thing um because i usually have some type of comeback in regards to that or if they say oh i'm hungry i'm like hi hungry it's nice to meet yeah. you i'm mrs metris type thing classic, classic dad joke action there yes and so um you, you just reminded me of one that I stole from the little rascals years ago, and I still use it all the time. Is this some when you answer the phone and someone says, Who is this? I always say, I don't know. I can't see you. <laughs> <laughs> I used to do that at the radio station all the time if I'd answer the, Who is this? I don't know. Uh -huh. I can't see you. I don't know. <laughs> That's phenomenal. That's funny. So, yeah. Um, I, I know I will use from time to time more often, actually more often than not these days. Um, some you'll say, how, how you doing? I'm saying, I'm hanging in there with both hands, sometimes teeth. Yeah. <laughs> I have a tendency to get a text message like that every so randomly, every so often from you when uh, I check in. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, I'm not as quick on the comebacks in regards to. Yeah, that wow. takes, 
a certain level of fearlessness I've noticed because there are times where I will say things in response to people's questions and I don't even realize what I'm saying until it's far too late. <laughs> you have know? yeah, like, your, your, your canned number of answers there and just respond with one. And Right. You, you have, I, like, for instance, a couple of years ago, I was doing an inspection for a, um, for a landlord who was always very aggravating and sort of form he's, debating and arguing the point and i'm just trying to very calmly state my case over and over again just being consistent but it was also at the time of the air show and so all of a sudden i make a point and timing was perfect the thunderbirds go roaring overhead and he looks up he goes what the hell was that i go that's my air support now as i was saying <laughs> you know it didn't even bat an eyelash and then after the fact i'm like wow it was really clever that i said that <laughs> this is, yeah. You know, it's just, it's a matter of just being timing. fearless for certain. It's timing, right? It's just understanding mm-hmm. the moment and kind of like just throwing something out there. Um, you know, I've had some off-color ones that I will not share, but uh, yeah. Some? Know, some, some, um, not all, some. Anyway, <sighs> but I'm just saying, so, so that's a thing. So do we have any more entertaining responses to that particular question? It's always hard to come up with those on the the cuff there. Uh It almost has to be like in in a real world, like now we can't think of them. It's just something that's automatically programmed into us that when we're asked certain things or certain things are said to us. Hey, Dan, how you feeling? I'm feeling with the nerve endings of my fingers. (laughs) (laughs) It took him a minute. Yeah. Well, it's usually because when I would ask him that, it's all with my hands. Yeah. <laughs> Dan, really, he is the one because of his literal sense of humor. He's the one who's probably best suited for this particular question because he's had some responses over the years that just I stop and I stare at him. And it's like, really, <laughs> really. <laughs> but it's in the moment usually. He's, yeah, yeah, it's got to be in the moment. It's it's be in the moment or if you're texting somebody or whatever, depending on what you say you'll get a smart ass comment back and you like roll your eyes because that's not how the, the discussion had started. That was not how that was supposed to go. Yes. Yes. Um, I have several friends that have a tendency to do that when I make a statement and they just come back with something so obscure that makes me roll my eyes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I might not be throwing Chris under the bus. This is barely the episode for it. There's, I have a sneaking suspicion that there's going to come a day where it, basically the entire episode is going to be a roast of Chris Frank. That's isn't that our normal episodes? Um, no, it's usually we have other topics that we can get into, and I can usually deflect away, you know, from, oh, okay. from that. But I'm having a feeling that one of these days we're just going to start doing celebrity roasts of the of the FC3 cast. <laughs> so on on November first, we will start with Dan. Yes. Huh, on November 1st. Why'd you pick that day? Maybe because it's your birthday. Happy birthday to Dan. Don't um, start it early. He lived in a van. Oh. Down by the river. All right. So that sounds like basically essentially we've got ourselves a rapperoo at this point, my friends and family. So no comic uh, chicks this week. So no comic chicks this week. Okay, cool. Um, and this week's podcast is all about television from what i'm told but anyway uh so, hey dan <laughs> hey, Chris. hey dan hey, Chris. Hey, Chris. I, I don't know if this is all about television or not Chris. yeah i know that's a thing anyway so hit it 
because this has been Monkey Business, a product of the Mighty Monkey Corporation, purveyors and producers of the Flower City Comic Con. Coming at you in April of 2021. And you know what? Follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us wherever we go. We will lead you to where the entertainment is. You guys have a great week. Have a safe week. And we will talk to you again next week. Dun, dun. <laughs> I almost forgot.